welcome back again to the BC Wrestle Pod channel here. We are so excited because it's Friday and everyone knows what Friday is. It's time to review Thursday because we're all here to review the bro from Thursday, Ring of Honor. Jesse, Mikey, welcome. Hands in. Code of Honor is going to be adhered to here. Referee has rung the bell and we are here to go at Ring of Honor episode 45. Oh, perfect. We have that sound effect in here now. I love it. So we start off our Ring of Honor type, not by going to the show itself. We are starting off to let you know, as we go through this, as we go over what we saw this evening, we want you to respond to us in the comments. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that alert bell. Get as much as you can about what we've got going on here, because now we not only do these reviews on every show every week, we have live watch-alongs. We've got a Patreon. We've got live reviews of pay-per-views. It's craziness. The next one that's coming up is going to be ridiculous. So Don't forget, please. we've got potential merch coming too, right, Monkey? I'm waiting for the shirt that says potential merch. <laughs> potential merch. Merch is on the way. But the Patreon is here now, so please, if you want to, if you can give us anything, anything at all helps, please go on there and you know give for a month, whatever you can do. We have now gotten through all the paperwork, through our housekeeping, and it is time to listen to just like Dynamite, a promo cut in the last year, in 2023. We replayed Eddie Kingston's promo after winning at World's End. It was heartfelt. It was wonderful. It's great to see Eddie do it, but I had seen this promo 14 times already. Oh, I don't think we needed to start it off, even though I know Eddie is the Ring of Honor champion. Did you two feel like this was a good way to get the juices going and get people on board that may not have watched ROH before the pay-per-view? For me, it was a good enough promo. I hadn't watched all the other ones or the AEW ones that replayed it, but this didn't really get me like excited for tonight. It got me concerned for Eddie Kingston's health because he was clearly concussed in this promo. He didn't know what he was saying. The reporters didn't know what he was saying. And he even said at the end, he goes, I don't know anything. And then like they cut away from it, which is a weird ending for a promo. So, I mean, yes, it was good to recap as to what we watched, but I'm now concerned for Eddie Kingston's health. As you should be. We know this. We watched the pay-per-view. We watched Dynamite. This is for the folks who watch Ring of Honor who don't watch the product religiously like the rest of us do, which is fine. You filthy casuals. No, they should watch us hey. instead because they won't need anything then because we'll give them what now, was going Jesse, on. Jesse, you are not a casual with Ring of Honor anymore. You've reviewed this thing almost every single week. We're beyond that point. <laughs> I was standing up for all the people who watch us and they don't have to watch all the show. Exactly. Like we watch Simon Miller and they watch us. It's, it's all like a chain all the yeah. way up. However, Simon, give us an up. Please. We'll give you an up. All of us will give you an up. Uh, but we, you know who else is getting an up in my book for this? As much as this match was quick and kind of like dirty and to the point, Griff Garrison taking on Serpentico. This match should not have been as good as it was. I love that Griff Garrison is getting a run now to be able to showcase what he can do. And Serpentico is the best kind of comedy punching bag to go up against if you just want to get a win back. It was it was fun. I thought it was fun. It was fun. I was a little confused because last I remember, uh, Angelico and Serpentico had that heel turn. And now we're doing a heel versus heel match, which is not very common. So I was a little confused by that. At this point, I noticed that Capri sounded like he was sick. So mm. I, I and that ran through pretty much the whole show tonight. The uh, the all in card. I know it's at Wembley. I know it's exciting, but it's <laughs> very distracting when the logo comes up and you can't see half of the screen. 
So here I'm complaining about that again, but aside from, you know, those lovely things, Griff Garrison's Torture Rack Bomb is really cool. That's a great oh, move. Oh, my God. So good. So good. Lex Luger wishes he had that back in the 90s. Ah, That's so yeah. I am loving this heel run for Griff Garrison. I was like, I feel like this was missing, and now I think we found it. At first, I wasn't sure how a heel Griff Garrison would work out, but he's coming into his own when it comes to this. Good yeah. job. He's getting cockier and cockier every week, which is wonderful. And I will agree, Jesse, the, the, the graphic for All In is getting worse and worse because every new signing they get, the graphic gets bigger. So I think by the time we hit June, it's going to just be the entire screen and one little Eddie It'll Kingston be on the side. Screen and we'll watch the match picture in picture. But we'll move on from one punching bag to another man who made his Squatch match partner into a punching bag. The Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer, by himself, no Jake Roberts, because apparently Jake Roberts is too good to come on ROH, uh, went down to have a squatch match, and it was a Lance Archer, a Lance Archer squatch match. And he was the he was the babyface because it was his hometown. It was a squatch match. Uh, I'm glad JP Harlow didn't get hurt. The one thing I will say though is the blackout looked a lot safer this match. He needs to do it from the corner. He can't be doing stand. He can't do it standing. It's he not a almost, razor's edge anymore. No, he almost, I don't remember who it was, but he almost killed them. But J.P. Harlow at least got over clear. I mean, this match was what it was. I am happy to see more Lance Archer because I like Lance Archer. I don't know if we're sticking him in Ring of Honor. I mean, I'm not going to complain if we are, but yeah, I, I, st I would still like the idea of him being with the Righteous, but we need to work on some backstage stuff to get to that point. Yeah. We move on from there, though, uh, to a recap of Dalton Castle's Failure to launch in the battle royal at uh, World's End, and honestly, it just it, it breaks my heart to watch it every time because Johnny TV is screwing him over. But I love that it's making him so unhinged and so just all over the map. It's you can tell the inner theater kid in him is like, I'm just going to eat every bit of scenery that I'm doing here with this. This promo just made me sad. I didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to relive it. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the opposite direction. I don't like to see Dalton Castle sad, but it does add an extra dimension to what we come to know of Dalton Castle at this part. Sad Dalton Castle is just as funny as over the top campy Dalton Castle. It is so great, which we will talk about very shortly as to why yes, I think it's great. Because we transitioned right from that to his match against Pretty Peter Avalon. The acting in this on both of their parts, just from the entrance alone and everything else, was amazing. You could see Peter Avalon not knowing what the hell he's getting into and like, this is not what I signed up for. Dalton Castle coming out dejected, so with a sandwich, which the call of the night, Ian realizes like, is there a fried egg on? Where did he get a fried egg backstage? And like, Mesley eating a sandwich there, I'm, I'm, the inner person in me is going, oh, someone's gonna have to clean that up. And Dalton Castle feeding the boys the sandwich, not talking to the camera, looking into it very, very, like, just haunted. This, I love that he's going as far as he is with this to showcase how much it's affecting him. And he still says that he's really worried about what the fans are thinking and how they're being affected by it, not him. And then he goes and has a really good match. Yeah. And it's, it's working so well for him. I'm so invested in this. It's like there is such a beauty to his lackadaisical nature to it. The point where he had P pretty Peter Avalon up three quarters of the way through the bangerang and just like, why am I doing this? And dropped him. Yeah. Did you hear what Caprice called that? No. He he's like, that's not a bangerang. That's a banger wrong. 
<laughs> I heard the only one I heard the the comment I heard was there wasn't enough bangs in that bangerang. Um, <laughs> but either way, it was just that small pieces like that just help me buy into that character so much more and, and, and believe it so much better. And I mean, even with all those kind, I wouldn't even call them shenanigans because that's got a poor connotation, but all that interesting pieces of this match made it that much better and, and more fun of a match. And, and there was flavor. Watchable. There was flavor to it. Going into it, it was like, oh, Dalton Castle has to win. But then it, DDC comes out, dejected Dalton Castle, and I'm going, uh, maybe not. Like, now I don't know because this could go either way. And I really enjoyed that. Dalton Castle needs to constantly be on my television screen. I love Dalton so much. And you know what? I got to give props to Pretty Peter Avalon, too, because he leaned into it. They're just as equally campy and theater kitty, both of them. I love it. I love the fact that he picked up the baloney and threw it at Dalton Castle in the midst of this match. I was just yeah. like, oh, that's so beautiful. I was like, that's good slapstick right there. This match mm. was so much fun. And of course, I love seeing Dalton Castle continue to pick up some wins here despite being dejected and sad boy hours EXE has activated <laughs> within him. Oh. My only concern is, and I think we're finally going to pick up steam with this because we see Dalton later with the backstage segment that we get. I think we're finally going to start picking up some steam, like actually him and Johnny TV feuding for whatever however long they decided to do this because my concern prior to that backstage segment was okay i love dejected dalton castle but when are we going to officially kick off the feud between him and johnny tv but when and will they have team- time when will they have time because taya has to take their time with johnny first as we saw in that promo later yeah, we'll get there <laughs> i love taya ring of honor has just gotten so good about just making making this fun it's, it's been yeah. so fun to watch Speaking of fun as well, we moved to another promo, which turned into so much fun. Like Scorpio Sky, I'm getting in the back seat. I'm going to roll. He's rolling the window down. <laughs> so good. Setting up Ethan Page for success. And Lexi's there. <sighs> She's enjoying it. I laughed out <sighs> yep. loud. And I don't do it that often with most of the stuff. I'll chuckle for it. This just made my heart happy. I was so happy to be there. I never realized how much I missed end of the year until they reunited here in Ring of Honor. I'm like, I feel like this works better in Ring of Honor and I'm full I'm fully strapped in, like, let's do this. I'm ready for the ride of Ethan and Scorpio. Come on, Lexi, hop in the back. <laughs> I I liked this promo. It was weird, but in like the best possible way of like the, the Uber bromance going on. So that I mean, it was fun and, and I feel like He's gone from quarter ego to like way jumped up to double ego Ethan Page. So I don't know. I just, this was fun. It served its purpose, but it was enjoyable to watch. It made me want to enjoy them more going forward, which is awesome. Just like the next match we had as well, although it was a squash for that, Queen, Queen Aminata coming off a loss on Dynamite going against Maya World. I wouldn't uh, have called this a squash. It didn't turn into one because she did the same thing she did with with Mariah May on Dynamite. She carried her <laughs> through the whole thing. Well, yep. I, I mean, I don't know if carrying is the right word. Definitely supported, but I wouldn't say she carried Maya World through the whole thing because Maya World was holding her own pretty well there for a while, I have to, in my opinion, from what I watched. I really enjoyed this match. This was, this was honestly one of my matches of the night, and I didn't mm. think it was going to be, but it turned, it went from, oh, this is going to be a squash to, this is much, much more of a developmental match to, I want them to keep going. Like, I wanted another five, eight minutes on this match. This was, this quickly was like, yeah, this might be my match of the night. 
I really like Queen Amanada. I want to see more of her. I want to see her continue to progress in this programming. I was very happy with her. And, and Maya World, I mean, this is her second showing on Ring of Honor that at least is in my memory. And I, I think they need to sign her. Well, this in a proving ground match with her mentor Athena, and she's like shown she's she way above really where she needs well. to be. And again, she didn't need to be carried, supported, yes, but not fully carried. So I think they need to, to sign her. So, Mikey, what do you think about booking Queen Aminata in a match now two nights in a row with her taking on someone who has at least a year, if not less than a year, of experience in the wrestling ring and putting on amazing matches? That goes to show to a testament of how quickly. Queen Aminata was able to pick up within the... And she's... Remember, Queen has only been wrestling for six years. Yeah. We learned this from Dynamite last night. Now, if we want to... Now, even though... This is my third time seeing Queen on any AEW universal mode, if we're going to call it that, because we saw her tonight in Ring of Honor. We saw her yesterday in Dynamite. But me and Adolfo got the privilege to watch Queen two weeks ago have a match against Sky Blue on Rampage. And that match was probably the best of the three that she's had, but that's because Sky is also pretty good in the ring as well. Right. I, lo I love the presentation of Queen. I love how she carries herself. I appreciate, you know, Capri shouting out where she's from, from West Ghana, which, you mm -hmm. know, shout out to all our, you know, wrestlers that come from the continent of Africa. Like, yes, I love that style of wrestling. They go hard down there too. It's crazy. If you've seen some of those matches, it's nuts. Mm. Mm. I love Maya too, and I thought she was great as well, but I feel that Queen should be, both of them should be signed, I agree, but I would like to see Queen stick in Ring of Honor if I'm going to be completely honest, because I think Queen will have better matches, especially because no shade to Dynamite, because we have some really good women there, but Ring of Honor is women. You have women who have been wrestling pretty much a while and have seemed to be able to own their craft. I can't wait for Queen's first full promo with Lexi either, because if 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 you know Athena gets the what she can out of Lexi the way she does, if Queen is even that much more of a heel, it's going to be that much better. We then moved on to, uh, I, I, it wasn't a bad match. It couldn't have been a bad match with the people involved. It just was after coming off of that and the energy that we had been brought on this ride with. This was just a decent TV match between Shane Taylor Promotions, the Boys, and the Infantry with sort of at stake that, you know, whoever wins here is going to be like boosted up the ladder to take on the kingdom at some point when they decide to deign ROH with their presence and not be up Adam Cole's butthole. So, you know, we had three competing styles that have worked well together in the past, and we ended up with Shane Taylor Promotions taking a big win here. Did you guys feel like this was needed on the night, or was it kind of a good like filler, like bathroom break? Like, what was this? My notes were, I had three notes on this one. First off, Still love the infantry's newer gear. I think it looks great. Second so off, I wrote three question marks. Like, what is this? And third was, it was a good match. It was serviceable. It was worked well. But what purpose did it serve? Who did it help? It didn't make any of the teams look stronger coming out of it. Yeah. And Shane Promotions won via opportunity, I'd say. But yeah. it didn't make them look like a dominant team. Nobody really no. came out of this looking any better. It was a match. I didn't, again, I, I didn't necessarily think it was bad per se. But I'm like, uh, you want to throw these three teams and create the narrative that one of them is ready and poised to, to be the first in line for the challengers for, you know, to go against the kingdom for the tag titles. I'm like, mm, I don't think these are the correct three, but that's neither here nor there. No, we've I mean, definitely already, the infantry, yeah. I feel like, should be in there for sure. 
But but if uh, yeah, if there's anybody else out there, we've gotten other teams that have been featured more before the break that we just took on for the year. Like you know, these ones are the ones that are like, okay, we're going to be the next next or something. Like build that mid card, get those people ready to take on a couple more things. But I if mean, we're going to, to establish a number one contender or a number two contender, I suppose. Why did we have that kind of ending where nobody looked strong? You wanted the team to come out looking strong and nobody did. So it didn't really help that. It didn't help the division. But we go backstage and Griff Garrison and Cole Carter. Griff is being interviewed by Lexi and Cole. I enjoyed him in this promo. I am enjoying their promos. I am enjoying their promos now with him going so unhinged and Griff finally settling into that like nose up in the air like terrorizing becomes John Paul Levesque type of like heel where he knows he's good he's starting to get some confidence and dealing with this idiot who's basically like his Enzo Amore jumping around it's it's hysterical to me don't you dare insult Enzo like that (laughs) I I had a good time with it I had a good time with this one I'm starting to I'm using his name like he's not create a wrestler 57 to me anymore right now he at least has a purpose I, I I didn't like this. This this promo, the art of this promo did not speak to me. I didn't get it. I, I just was like, what the F was this? What are we doing? Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, that's, the know, whole, that, uh, that's the genre. I'll, I'll move on. I'll digress from there because I don't want to take the whole time rehashing same things we've already talked about with some of their promos. Because I'm glad you uh, caught the genre. John, the unfortunately, promo. I disagree with you. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. I would like to present my thesis as to why, you know, why I enjoyed He's going to agree with you, John. Why this promo was actually really good and Jesse's wrong. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to their TED Talk. I'm used to hearing that. So here's the thing for me. I really enjoy this kind of style of promo. Did it really make me feel like, oh my gosh, they're they're making me believe that? No. But sometimes you just need the comedic styles of promos. Paul Carter is a dork. Griff Garrison is kind of stuck with him. He's like, it's one of those situations where it's like, Meh. he's like my little brother. He's an, you're, when your mom makes you take him, when you go hang out with your friends, that's how this relationship is with the mama's boys. Griff is the older brother. Cole Carter is the younger one. I enjoyed Cole in here because ROH is getting smart. They are giving me in small doses and he's not in my face like he was when he first popped up on the scene. When he had and nothing then, to do. And then... You know, you get the amateur like styling of the scene setting next with a Spanish announce project coming in. Serpentico is upset and in Spanish, I translated it for everybody who doesn't speak it, but he wants another shot at them and let's go again. And then this allows Angelico to kind of chop block Griff Garrison and then Serpentico like runs around to chop block Cole Garter for good measure. And then both the mama's boys give me like the Peter Griffin like knee. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that Griff Garrison was wearing like old school black chucks too. That was really That's cool. That's what I was going to say too. I was like, shout out to the Chuck Taylors, I, man. I think the, my favorite part was Griff. The part I did like um, was Griff Garrison at the end holding his D going, I hate those guys. <laughs> yes. Right? Right? And this is after last week, which you missed also. We had Cole Carter at the end yelling, you know, like the, the Griff's like, fine, get your gear. We'll do this next week to Serpentico. And Cole's like, do I have to get my gear? Like, I, do I need, get, do I have to be here with it? And he keeps asking him as they're leaving. I'm like, he's the little brother. He's the annoying little brother. And I love it. ROH has it all in my opinion. Including a fountain of youth almost for most wrestlers being discarded, especially female wrestlers discarded by the major AEW shows because we had Red Velvet up next. She 
turned a corner and was brutal against Alex Gracia. I have not seen this side of Red Velvet in a very long time. This was my match this of the match, night just because like Red Velvet went in. If it weren't for the Queen match, this would have been my match of the night. This match was amazing. It was athletic. It was fluid. It was fast. And it's nice to have a women's match and, and that's fast as well as a, a fast match that's not a Luchador's match. Excuse me. I just really enjoy this and I want to see more of Red Velvet. I want to see more of Alex Grassi as well. I have always been a fan of Red Velvet. I know she kind of got lost in the shuffle when she was in the baddies with Jade, Jade and Cargill, Kara Hogan. Yeah. But man, since coming back from injury, I we talked about it before where her in-ring return, she, there was a little bit of ring rust given that she's been out for a couple months. But man, did she like shake that thing off prior to this match because this is the red velvet I always knew was there and I want to continue to see. And more importantly, she looks direct into the camera after the match is over and she calls her shot, which means I'm assuming she's been, she's another entrant into the ROH Women's Television Championship Tournament. And I'm like, yes, I am yeah, here for I, red I, velvet. For and of course, just as a side note, I will never get tired when they announce her. Hailing from Yo Mama's Kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> she is another flavor we've needed in this division. I'm very happy for her Seriously. to be here. Really? Yeah, I went there. Okay. Just like we went to the next match after this, because we finally had a full-on tandem match. Rachel Ellering and Layla Hirsch taking on Mercedes Mar Martinez and Diamante. You guys said you, that was one of your matches of the night, if not the match of the night last one. This was my match of the night for the psychology going on in the ring at this point. There was a couple of weird spots in for some of the work itself but man these four went at each other like i could have watched this match on in any different setting i want a best of seven to this i want them to continue to fight and have it go back and forth because seeing rachel lose and layla not get mad at her because they're realizing like oh hey it's on me we're getting there versus a team that's been put together for a reason yes logically this works so well i i thought this was a great match i love this match it does such a good job of continuing this story and and actually having it makes sense in this story and the ending where you know my first thought was the coming out was like please don't have them win over already established tag team because i thought they were just going to give the win to layla hirsch and rachel allen and they didn't and i really liked that especially the finish there because now we get to see okay is layla more concerned about losing or more concerned about you know what rachel did and the reason for getting the losses like is the win more more important or is the friendship and the relationship that they're building more important i first and foremost love that we each had different matches of the night but they all happen to be women's matches <laughs> like i was like go figure 2024 women's wrestling is where is on the up and up and people need to stop sleeping on it because it's great I actually really enjoyed that Mercedes and Diamante picked up a win here. Now, granted, yes. their most recent loss, I kind of give it a little bit of grace given that it was a Texas street fight against the team of Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale, which was already a tough thing for them to do. But again, I, I agree with Jesse. I appreciate that this thrown together tag team kind of didn't pick up a win this time against an already established tag team, because then it goes into what you said, John, in that Rachel and Layla still have a lot to do together in order to find that cohesion as a tag team, but I appreciated that Layla didn't get upset like she normally would, as we've seen her in these thrown together tag team matches in the past as well. I would really love this feud to continue on for a little bit because 
listen, if we really want to, like, I would also like to see Rachel and Layla versus the Renegade Twins. This is where you can move to build your women's tag team division and get some women's tag titles because Rachel Ellering and Layla Hirsch had their match, they lost. Okay, that's okay. They can learn and grow as a team from there. We've got Mercedes Martinez and Diamante are now, they've already been established. Great, keep moving with that. Um, we've got the Renegade, so that's three. Thing at fourth, okay, we've got a lot of new talent that came up, but give me the Queen's Velvet, because come on, tell me that wouldn't be a cool name and a cool tag team. Put Queen yeah. Aminata and Red Velvet together, the Queen's Velvet, yeah. And now we've got a division. Like, or the Velvet so Throne. Much, the Velvet Throne, I love that, yeah. Moving on from that wonderful match, though, we get a match that I knew was going to be fun. I knew probably was going to hold up for what they had there because of the people involved. I didn't realize it was both going to make me so excited to see them work as hard as they did and then worry about the ending so much. And then seeing Kyle Fletcher pivot at the end and just improvise and be like, I'm just going to do the same move, but I'm going to do it safely so I don't hurt this man. Uh, we had Kyle Fletcher versus Willie Mack for the ROH World Television Championship. Kyle Fletcher picking up the win, spoiler alert, but not being able to pick up Willie Mack into his signature tombstone because Willie's a little too big for him to do that, which was surprising. Didn't he do it to Willie Mack a few weeks ago? He did, but he was not. But he was so spent after this match. Because, I mean, I wrote down some of the amazing, first off, Kyle Fletcher catching Willie Mack in a crossbody. Yeah. Incredible. That Razor's Edge buckle bomb. The Avalanche Michinoku driver, yeah, I can understand why he was spent, but him pivoting shows such ring awareness and, and mentality and safety-minded. For somebody who's so young in their career, I was blown away by that. Well, and, and it was even brought up, this is funny, like because I did watch New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom and then I watched New Year's Dash. They did bring up the fact that like Kyle Fletcher has learned from some of the best in the industry in United Empire that he's had these people around him that have been these high points for years. So the fact that he's absorbed that all and brings that experience to ROH is really cool to see in this title picture. I'm, I'm honestly now glad he has this, this title, even though I wish Dalton Castle did. I mean, I stand by what I said during our final battle review, because I said as much as I wanted to see Dalton Castle win that title, I figured that there was going to be other things for him to do, which now we're getting, you know, after the last couple of weeks. And I got to be honest, Kyle Fletcher definitely fits into Ring of Honor very well. And to echo what you said, John, Kyle Fletcher has not only learned from the best in New Japan, from the likes of Will Osprey, Tsuchika Okada, El Desperado, even though Kyle wasn't able to pick up Willie Mack fully, I'm okay with it. It's bound to happen. And I still thought that even with that slight mishap, it didn't take away my overall enjoyment of this championship match, which makes me happy to see Kyle Fletcher finally get his, his singles title. And if these are the types of matches we're going to be getting for multiple defenses, whoever comes at him, I'm all for it. <laughs> I really am. Mm -hmm. for, for me, that ending didn't, didn't take away. I agree with you completely, Mike. It, it actually heightened it for me because it... it to me, it adds to the art that they're communicating, hey, this is not going to work. I don't want anyone to get hurt here. And that that helped me enjoy it that much more because sometimes they have a lot of near misses where it's like, eh, they almost just ended their career there. And I was happy right. to see they didn't go that route just because that's what's scripted. They were able to audible. And it's also, it makes it feel more real than, say, a very scripted, very like WWE match. Like, this was in the moment. We're too tired. We're going to do this. So you're really competing at that point. You're not just kind of putting it together as you go along 
Someone who is very good, though, then at both eating every bit of scenery he's ever around, but also seeing it and not drawing focus when someone is meant to eat that same scenery and then spit it back out at him. Dalton Castle gets a promo with Lexi, Lexi Nair backstage, which is interrupted by Johnny TV and Taya. Johnny TV is upset about Dalton costing him a match. Now they're costing each other stuff, and Taya wants Dalton away from that face. That beautiful, beautiful face. And then they start making out. Like this is just utter bizarre world, and it's I'm here for it. Lexi made this promo when they start making out, and Dalton goes ew, and you hear <laughs> Lexi say, "That's disgusting." I, I don't even know what is happening here. That made the entire promo. She is so good backstage. She's gold. She gets it. I look. I said this when we were. You know, when we reviewed all in back in the summer, I would love to see the three person team. If they ever, if we ever do a pre-show, I would love to see Renee, Lexi and Kip Sabia be a trio like and throw RJ City as a backstage correspondent. I think those are the four people that you need to do all this stuff because the four of them have shown that they are good talking about the thing that they're passionate about. But I agree with you, Jesse. Lexi just added an extra dimension to this already great backstage promo i love watching taya and johnny finally be used the way that i was hoping them to because this is the camp that they had when they were in impact together and it's just over the top and it's not cringy to me because hey breaking kayfabe they are actually married and they are actual married couple and all this so like i'm totally okay with it the only thing that would have made this perfect, I want Taya to start wearing her earmuffs because if we get earmuff Taya, you know it's about to go down. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar really with earmuff this. Taya, so I have that's, to look for it. That's a reference for all you Impact and TNA watchers. Ugh. But yes, we, we are here for this. Please give us more. I want this feud to like explode in so many fun, colorful, campy ways. Hopefully it continues to, and the next pay-per-view we get is just the two of them tearing the house down. I can't wait for this. But we then move on to our main event. My God. I will say one name who was the MVP in this match. J.D. MFing Drake. This man worked the crowd, worked his own partners, trolled Vikingo the hardest I've seen when Vikingo rolled in. He just did a roll that was half-assed and so much better. And his Hurricane Rana was so smooth the man at that size who's at boss man size can move like my god that was amazing i i really don't have much to add he was the most impressive part of that match but i didn't love this match and i know it's it's rare for me to say that about a main event but it just after everything else we experienced tonight it didn't feel like it should have been the main event which is kind of a, a calling card for a ring of honor at least lately the main event's not the right main event the teamings were were weird, uh, and I feel like Gringo Loco was coming out in a, in a poor uh, road dog cosplay at some point, with like the the extra green on there. And I mean, I know he always has the dreads, but the thing that I didn't get was you've got Vikingo Commander makes sense, then Lee Johnson Johnson, <laughs> like they're trying to get him a main event spot, which is I'm all for that. Give people opportunities. But it feels like whenever Vikingo, uh, Vikingo and Commander were like in getting a spot in, doing this big leap, Lee Johnson's like, find somewhere, let me in somewhere, just let me in, please. And it's like, 
it didn't seem to fit. So, and I don't know the story about this. Like, why did we have this match? Because Flippy Dippy. Aside from all of that lovely stuff, uh, I thought it was an okay match. It was definitely well worked, very athletic, and there's a lot of really good spots. But again, like I said earlier tonight, I just, I, I needed the why. Why did we have this? Yeah. And Adolfo's going to kill me if he ever watches this review. What I'm about he doesn't to watch say. the product. It's okay. Well, I mean, we'll see because he may or may not be filling in for me next week. But <laughs> so I don't want to say I'm fatigued with Luchador main events because Ring of Honor out of all of the AEW Ring of Honor multiverse saga that we have, I think Ring of Honor does a better job at actually letting the Luchadors win. Unless you're Rampage, because they also let them win over there, which is great. I didn't think this match was as bad, but I did feel that it stalled a little bit, especially when we got that really weird Tower of Doom spot with Gringo as the, the Luchador Transformer. See, I no. here's the thing. The end product was a lot of fun, but I also felt like it took a lot of time to set up. And I'm just watching J.D. Drake in the corner. Keep looking up. It's like, is it my go? No, is it my go? Oh, yeah, never okay. mind. I'm gonna yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I was like, oh, man, I was like, don't get me wrong. I love the, t the Luchador Tower of Power. That was great. Mm. I just everything around it was not great because I saw Lee in the corner, like looking for his cue. JD was on the hanging over the top turnbuckle waiting for his cue. I'm like, man. And it took Take you right breath, out of guys. the match. Yeah. yeah. Take a breath, guys, and, for that. And I also, yeah, and I also agree with you, Jesse. I feel that the pairings, at least on the face side, was a little bit weird. Like Commander, Vikingo, yes, great choice. Lee Johnson, hmm. I like Lee Johnson, but if we were going to put somebody there, I, because I know everybody was there, we could have, I don't know, bring Penta, like have him be a one night only kind of thing. Because he was on the Rampage taping that this was a part of too. I was just like, Penta mm. wasn't here. Throw action. Dante would have been great too. Honestly, Dante would have fit more in this Would have made more gravity. sense. We, haven't had, we didn't have gravity. Gravity would have been great. Gravity, I know. Listen, I'm ready for 2024 for Ring of Honor to get a boost to its luchador thing when Bandito comes back from injury. I am so ready for I'm ready for Bandito to come back because I feel that yeah. I love all the talents. I still haven't heard if we signed most of these guys yet. What are we waiting for? <laughs> Just been competing for eight months. No, it's true. I got to go through some of these. <laughs> I got to go through some of these notes I had here, though. So some of the stuff that didn't get, that I was worried about and other things that I just enjoyed. Uh, Ian's reference to Mummers that's just the theater kid in me like that knows theater history Mike it's like so glad he calls that out he's like there's no going to be you no know, silver and slippers and stuff but the Mummers are here because he's re referencing Vikingo's helmet I also realized on that spot where Commander and Vikingo got up on the turnbuckle and they helped each other up to do stereo moonsaults Vikingo wasn't meant to go the way he went and he almost ate it on a ringside chair he was this close to landing on it like JD Jake was trying to get in position it was it was scary, but, but other than that, like yeah, you're right at this. It's it would have been great in the middle of the card as a way to set it up. Oh, the last thing I had here. Anyone else see Anthony Henry get really excited when someone said his name on his entrance? It's the workhorse of Jenny Drake <laughs> and Anthony Henry. And he goes, "I'm like, oh god, man. You, you just either commit to it or don't. But like, you have the lamest. God, that's." It, it, 
it's just what he does. It's what this match did. It ended our night on a fun thing. And then I loved Ian turning to Caprice and going, we're going to get some Theraflu and uh, hopefully get better for next week and we'll be all set here, right? So we hope that the, the Caprice feels better, that it's not anything terrible, and uh, we'll hopefully see them next week. But, uh, gentlemen, we need your final ratings. Out of 10 empanadas, how did you feel about Ring of Honor this this week? I mean, I, I can start. I, I'm going to go with uh, – I usually do out of five, so I'm going to stick with that. You I'm can double go it. Four, fine. Eight double it and pass it on to 10. the next person. <laughs> I'm not that hungry. Um, no, eight empanadas out of ten. Mm -hmm. There were a few things that I already talked about. I'm not going to rehash it. I thought the women's matches tonight were the highlight of the whole card. I found it a little distracting having, because I know this was pre-taped, but it kind of took me out of it, having the six people wearing Santa hats in the crowd next to the Grinch. I don't know if anyone else picked that up. I caught that, yeah. I loved and it so much. I was like, I know giant, where this is from. <laughs> and the giant Christmas trees at the end of play. Yeah, that kind of took me out of it. Like, this is supposed to be January 4th. This is not January 4th. And then there was also a point where Ian had said tomorrow, January 5th, is Willie Mac's birthday, so happy early birthday to him. I was like, I'm not stupid. You're straight lying to me now to tell me that this is the 4th when you did this. So I didn't love that. And that was a little distracting. But, uh, as but it is the 5th, happy those, birthday to Willie Mac. Yes. Yes, happy yes. birthday, Willie Mac. But again, aside from those very minor things, which I'm just getting nitpicky at this point, I really like this this uh, program. I thought it was was a great episode, and you know, I'm happy to see that we're continuing to develop stories, and hopefully, we'll continue into that next week as well. Let's see. I'm gonna give Mike. this episode of Ring of Honor a solid 7.75 empanadas out of 10. Again. I appreciate that this was another hour-long episode of Ring of Honor. I do appreciate that we are setting up some behind-the-scenes stuff, like Men of the Year have officially reunited in canon. The women, like, pretty much, for me, stole the show this episode, which I'm always here for. Despite my nitpicks with the main event and kind of Lance Archer feeling, like, literally on the island of Misfit Toys by himself, figuring out where <laughs> we're going to place him. The Mama's Boys and Red Velvet are like my favorites and the makeout scene between Mr. and Mrs. TV was so gross, but it was hilarious to watch and I love me some stupid comedy like this. 7.75. What I'm hoping Mr. to see now is, listen, I want to see, I don't know when we're getting it, but let's start. Let's get more information. My big question mark right now and the immediate thing I want to know is, all right, so we have seems to be seven women now who are part of this ring of honor tv you know tournament i want to know when we're going to start this tournament who's going to end up being our eighth participant like i'm here for it yes uh, you there in the bray white shirt i would also like to know if we're going to have this tournament on ring of honor not we on AEW, please Nah. We, we, we will find out the answer to those things, hopefully, as we go along here. I, myself, am going to be giving this eight and a half because it was Ooh. a wonderful change of pace. It made me laugh out loud. It made me happy to be here to watch what I was doing. It didn't stress me out about worry of work rate or of worry of continuity or just that it wasn't being handled. It was the best wrestling show I saw all week. And I was so happy I had the time to sit down and watch it. 
Same as I am always happy to have the time to sit down and talk to you, lovely gentlemen, on this as well, because you and Andrew, who can't be here, help me to appreciate this product so much more. And I hope that we hope help you out there in BC WrestlePod land also appreciate Ring of Honor because it is the hidden gem of what's there. So gentlemen, great job tonight. Thank you for going through this with me as always. For Mikey, for Jesse, I have been JVL. We appreciate you being here, BC WrestlePod fans. And remember, as always, you're Biconic. We are all Biconic. We're also all bros. B-R-O-H's. Professionals. Professional (laughs) is the key word today. Oh, it's the secret word. (laughs) 